grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Sunday after the Epiphany, also called the Baptism of Our Lord, is found recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. These words are also the basis for our sermon this morning. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I see a king for myself among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will let you know what you are to do. You are to anoint for me the person that I point out to you. So Samuel did what the Lord had told him to do and went to Bethlehem. Trembling with fear, the elders of the city came to meet him. They said, Do you come in peace? He said, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they had come, he looked at Eliab and said, Certainly this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or how tall he is because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not look at the the way man does. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Jesse said, There is still the youngest, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Send for him, for we cannot sit down to eat until he comes. He sent for him and brought him in. David had red hair and striking eyes and was good looking. The Lord said, Get up, anoint him because this is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. The spirit of the Lord rushed on David with power from that day forward. After that, Samuel set out and returned to Ramah. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to Titus, chapter 3, beginning at the fourth verse. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward mankind appeared, he saved us, not by righteous works that we did ourselves, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs in keeping with the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, beginning at the 15th verse. 
The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but someone mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. He will gather the wheat into his barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. When all the people, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. While he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. I am well pleased with you. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. I open with these words from our text. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance or at how tall he is, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not look at the things the way man does. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life. So they were all lined up shoulder to shoulder on the line. And they were all facing forward. And in front of them were two people designated to serve as captains. And each one will take a turn picking from the line of people to be on their team. It really doesn't matter what sport it is or, or why they're choosing it, because as soon as you have two teams, you're looking at winning. And therefore, you're going to pick with that understanding. So I ask you, you're on the line. Would you prefer, prefer to be picked first, or would you be okay to be, be picked last? Well, of course we want to be picked first, because that means, oh, we were the most, maybe the most popular or, or the most experienced and definitely the most important. You certainly don't want to be picked last. That's the most unimportant. This is maybe they're even picking you for pity's sake. Yeah, well, we got to finish out the team. So let's take so-and-so. I wonder what King David was thinking. And even though the... Bible doesn't reveal to us what he was going through, but he was picked last. And, and it had to be painful, wouldn't you think? Maybe it wasn't, but I would think it would have to been painful to find out that your father even picked you last. All the other sons would parade in front of Samuel, and, and he didn't even have David originally in that parade. He was still out in the field taking care of the sheep. But it doesn't matter at all what Jesse, the, uh, a descendant of Ruth and Boaz, it doesn't matter what he was thinking. It doesn't even matter what Samuel was thinking, who was a great prophet and priest. What really mattered is what God thought and what God said. These words here are being considered in the light of the fact that this Sunday is the baptism of our Lord. And the more we understand on how anointing is and what anointing involved 
and what it means to be the Lord's anointed, the better we're going to understand the offices that Jesus fulfilled for us in order to serve as the Savior of the world. This was during the time of the monarchy. The first king of Israel, after having a theocracy-type government, was King Saul. And at first, King Saul seemed to be a very faithful and, and, and definitely faithful to the Lord King, but he had fallen away. In fact, he lost the grace of his Lord, especially when he was rejecting the Lord's holy words and commands. Oh, he gave one excuse after the next, but that didn't work for the Lord at all. Because of his rejecting of the very word of God, the Lord rejected King Saul. And he had decided to replace King Saul by anointing the next king of Israel. Samuel, the last of the judges, he was overwhelmed with great mourning. He was sad when the Lord revealed to him that he had rejected King Saul. He was the one that had anointed King Saul to be king in the first place. All night long he was filled with sadness. And when the next morning came, it was the Lord who would finally tell Saul to stop his mourning. It was time for action. It was time to get up. Fill your horn with oil and take that horn full of oil down to Bethlehem where you're going to anoint the next king of Israel who will be a king for me. He didn't tell Samuel who he was to anoint, just simply go to Bethlehem. And then we have Samuel say something that is kind of alarming. He makes the point, if Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The very prophet who was mourning for King Saul is now living in fear of King Saul. How could this be? Why would he be so afraid? Well, we find out in the next chapter that King Saul, well, maybe the diagnosis today would be bipolar. He would face extreme depression and yet extreme anger. He even tried to kill his own son. Samuel had every right to be afraid of King Saul. But the Lord told him, you go take a heifer and go to Bethlehem and sacrifice to the Lord. Which is exactly what Samuel did. Now some people will say, this is a, I gotcha, ha ha. Hey, the Lord is having Samuel lie. You know, he, he's being deceptive. And any guy who has... Uh, any God who has people lie can't be a God, at least a God I'm not going to believe in. In fact, he's got to be a fake and, and, and a false God. There is no ha-ha got you here. Even though the Lord did not tell Samuel to reveal everything about his purpose going to Bethlehem, it was true that he was going there to sacrifice and offer a sacrifice to the Lord, and he did. In fact, the elders, when they met Samuel, asked if he was coming in peace, and yes, in peace. He told them to consecrate themselves. He invited them, and especially Jesse and the brothers, to come for the sacrifice. And it was there that the parade would start. Jesse first sent Eliab before Samuel. 
Now, Eliab was the oldest. And from what we hear, he had to be tall. He probably was the biggest. In fact, we know later that Eliab actually served in Israel's army under King Saul. But the Lord said, not this one. Then he brought in Abinadab, and Abinadab was the second oldest, which meant he was probably the second biggest. And he too served in Israel's army. He too served under King Saul. And the Lord said, not this one. He brings in Shammah, and Shammah's the third oldest and the third biggest, no doubt. He too served in Israel's army, and he too served under King Saul. All three of them were experienced warriors, certainly the these have to be the anointed one. Certainly these were worthy of being the next king of Israel. And the Lord said, not this one either. After the first one, the Lord made it very clear that man makes decisions looking with his eyes. We, we look at what a person is doing and saying, even how a person looks. But one thing that our eyes cannot see is someone else's heart. We struggle to even see our own hearts and understand our own hearts. But to see someone else's, oh, we may make educational guesses based on what a person says and thinks, but we really don't know what their heart is saying and what they're actually thinking. But God does. And if God can see everything, and God can know what is going on in your heart. Clearly, God does know everything. Now that, my friends, can seem very terrifying and even horrifying to know that God can see everything. How many of our sins do we hide within our hearts? We don't tell our friends and neighbors, let alone our, even our own, our own spouse what, what is what is going on in our hearts, maybe ashamed of the sin we're committing. But to know that God can see it? I looked at that person lustfully, but hey, I never touched that person, and I never acted upon it. Oh, how tempting it is to think that, hey, as long as I don't get caught, any type of sin is okay. But God can see the heart. And God knows what is going on. That's why we take to heart ourselves the precious words of our Savior who said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Knowing that in Christ Jesus, those sins have been paid for. But also what great joy it is to know that God can see everything, even your heart. Are there times when you find yourself overwhelmed with sorrow, grief, you feel alone? perhaps even feel hopeless. Life didn't work out the way you had planned. And maybe you find yourself struggling as you meet each and every day. Other people don't know it because they can't read your heart, but God knows. Has it ever happened to you in your life when you come to say your prayers, maybe even at night, before you go to bed and, and you have to admit to God, God, I'm struggling to even put it into words, but you know what my heart says. And he does. 
And more than that, he has the almighty power to hear and answer those, those prayers. Oh, a God who sees everything, that we are truly thankful for. Each of the sons were brought before Samuel, but only seven of them. Jesse actually had ten children. Two of them were daughters, eight sons. The youngest one, he did not parade. He was still out in the field. Samuel asked about him and said he would not sit down and eat. Clearly, he wouldn't even sit and rest until that young boy came. And as soon as he came, and by the way, he had red hair. He was good on the eyes and, and, and handsome looking. And, but that's not what God was judging. This was not a Miss Universe pageant. Instead, the Lord who looked in the heart said to Samuel, this is the one. And the Lord knew exactly what he was doing. Immediately, Samuel took out the horn of oil, poured it on his head, clearly meaning that this one is the one, chosen by God himself, not chosen by any man. Being the king of Israel was not something you could take uh, just because someone appointed you to it. It was appointed by God himself. This meant he was the Lord's anointed. And then we have these words. The spirit of the Lord rushed on David with power. And from that day forward. And the Holy Spirit coming upon David would bless him with the gifts necessary in order to carry out his important office of being king, but more so carry out the important office of being the Lord's anointed. Jesus was not baptized with, I mean, he was baptized with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But at his anointing, he was not anointed with oil. Instead, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. And then from the cloud came the beautiful word of the Lord, for the Father had spoken, this is my Son, with him I am well pleased. Making it very clear, this is the chosen one. And being the Son of God, you could say he wouldn't need the Holy Spirit, but keep in mind, he's also the Son of Man. And so he would have been blessed with the Holy Spirit, given all the necessary gifts needed to be the Lord's anointed. And so at the baptism of Jesus, which was fulfilled to carry out all righteousness, it was all part of the Father's plan. Jesus would be officially declared the Lord's anointed. He would carry out the work that only the anointed one could carry out. He would serve in those roles of prophet, priest, and king. He would proclaim the truth of that law and gospel faithfully. That gospel which centers in him, and through faith in him we are saved. He would be a priest who would offer the ultimate sacrifice for sins once and for all, for he would offer him his very self, his very life. He would be the king who would rule like no other. He would rule by defeating our worst enemies, which is sin, death, and the devil. This is the offices and the work of our Savior that he's done for all people and that he had to do for the sins of the world. And it is this very Savior, the Lord's anointed, 
who himself was baptized and instituted baptism, especially when he told the disciples before he ascended back into heaven to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Lord in baptism calls us to be his own. And we have, as we heard from Titus, this is a washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through that sacrament, certainly calling us to faith and even keeping us through the gospel in that one true faith. You see, Baptism is not just simply a good work we do in order to try to earn God's favor. Baptism is God's work for us. God working in our hearts. God blessing us with the gifts that we ourselves cannot obtain. They are free. The blessings of forgiveness, new life, and eternal salvation. And all given to us by the one who instituted it, the Lord's anointed. And because Jesus is the Lord's anointed, that makes him the only one called by God to be the Savior. And there is no other. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.